0: Hi there, folks. Um, I was just listening to the Bulwark podcast. I would argue that when Trump offered pardons to most of the January 6th rioters, that is providing aid and comfort to terrorists. As presidential candidate, 2024, I demand he is charged with domestic terrorism and immediately disqualified from office under 14th Amendment. Christopher Prez. I also demand court-ordered psychiatric evaluation of Trump who is clearly insane and homicidal. Besides he's directly responsible for over a million American deaths so far, so why should we allow him one fucking second longer thinking he can be president again? America, you are being robbed blind. I'm demanding a response from each of the members of Congress on these questions. 1. You are a sitting member of Congress. Have you read the U.S. Constitution? Two. Did you see the part Fourteenth Amendment, Section Three, where it says no fucking insurrectionists may hold office? Three, Dems. What have you done to expel the GOP traitors in your midst, Republicans, Resigned to face prosecution for January 6 insurrection. My cousin was a general, by the way. These mfers must be charged with domestic terrorism, and all the GOP traitors in Congress moved and effing disqualified. Call DOJ 2025142000 now. Demand Trump disqualified along with 160. GOP traitors in Congress for insurrection. Tell your reps in Congress, 202-224-3121, read the Constitution. Fourth Amendment Section 3 clearly says no insurrectionist may hold office. There's some free legal advice for E. Jean Carroll. I'm not a lawyer, but a friend who, thank, who thanks you for your service to all women. Immediately filed suit him. him again. Actually, it would be easier this time. It will go straight to damages according to Midas Touch lawyers because he is a repeat offender, the punitive damages will escalate. I say nail him. Smiley face emoji. MSNBC, I'm covering what Lawrence O'Donnell, Chris Hayes, Rachel Maddow, and the same people like Ari Melber of MSNBC are saying about the town hall that platformed serial rapist and traitor and thief. They all would agree that Trump is the greatest threat to our democracy or democratic republic, if you like, that we have ever seen. Need, a remi- need need I remind you, America people, but he tried to seize voting machines, have martial law to impose his will of seizing power and controlling this country. He was going to install himself as a fucking dictator. Duh. Disqualify him now, two and a fucking half years ago. Make some free phone calls, America. Let your fingers do the walking, 202 CNN Town Hall was a blatant racism meets Jerry Springer, according to MSNBC. And we will be reeling for decades from all the damages Trump has done to our country. Hey, Justice Department and FBI, wake the F up and do your job. Disqualify this motherfucking traitor immediately and remove all these motherfucking traitors into Congress. 160 of them, they almost go. Do your fucking job now. Get off your bureaucratic ass and make some charges now, now. CNN Town Hall platforming serial rapist and traitor and thief Donald Jackass Trump. Evidentiary goal for prosecutors, says Glenn Kirshner, top prosecutor himself. Kirshner predicts that Diaper Don will spend the rest of his life on the wrong side of the V. Another motherfucking GOP candidate is trying to call for raising the voting age to 25. How do you, How do you like them apples if we change it to 16? Motherfuckers. Anyway, welcome back to the show. Um, that's comments that I've been developing day, uh, today. Uh, here's another one. President Biden ruins an opportunity to put traitor Trump in his place instead of calling out the blatant treason and stochastic terrorism. calls costs more violence. Joe Biden only uses it as an opportunity to raise money for the fucking Democrats. This is why we need me as president. No one else is actually qualified. Christopher Press, P.S. am thinking of changing my podcast name to Trump's Shitty Week. <laughs> Let's see, Trump's Shitty Week. Trump's Shitty <laughs> sure should shitty week. Okay, so anyway. So that was that. That was that, let's see. Oh yeah, it should be live right now. My research should be live, so let's go check it out. Yeah, it's live. Uh, lifelong Republican sinks his former party with devastating opposition research the weekends.
1: Is the way you approach your hygiene routine. Manscaped even oh, threw no. in two Fucking free egg. gifts to them.
0: It's
1: only fair that we look at what happened earlier this week when uh, CNN. Five 14, 2023. I'm Anthony Davis. Welcome to The Weekend Show, where we take a deep dive into the news of the week. You can support my work and get exclusive access to bonus content at patreon.com slash 5-Minute News. Joining us today is attorney, former federal prosecutor, and former Republican Party official that now tracks and reports on the right wing. Ron Philipkowski, welcome back to The Weekend Show. Thank you. Great to be back. So you uh, have a huge following on Twitter, and you love to pull stuff out as you see it, and I'm a a big fan, as you know, and we've spoken before about five or six months ago. Uh, There's an awful lot to talk about today, so just to kind of... Look ahead. If we get time, I do want to talk about George Santos, who's uh, Santos. famous for fabricating his life story. As he will plead guilty on Tosser. Wednesday to charges that he duped donors, stole from his campaign, lied right to Congress about being, being a millionaire. Hard to say this with a straight face, but uh, it's you know, I mean, it's serious. But he just is remarkable. So we'll 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 look at him. Uh, Also, House Republicans have unveiled what they say are records of uh, $10 million in payments to members of the Biden family from foreign entities. We'll debunk that story. Um, But first, um, probably as expected, it's only fair that we look at what happened earlier this week when uh, CNN bosses thought it was a good idea to give Donald Trump a an hour and ten minutes of um, cable news time to basically Unstruct say whatever he wanted to say. time this as is a the three-year-old hall, to uh, sabotage the That actually was more country. like a, a Trump campaign event, right? Like a televised rally. So uh, you on Twitter have been quite critical of the way, not just the, uh, the, the reason for doing it in the first place, which we'll talk about and still uh, evades me also the way that the host, Caitlin Collins, kind of handled Donald Trump. Let me ask you, first of all, do you think she was
2: the right choice for (laughs) doing a show such as this? There's three parts to this. You know, there's the format itself, there's her style, the way that she approached the interview, and there's the substance. So, I I take each thing separately. What you've asked me now is about the second, which is, is did she have the right style? and I tweeted this yesterday and Lawrence O'Donnell actually picked up on this with his opening monologue um, he follows me on Twitter so I don't I don't know if he saw it and I influenced what he said but you know what I pointed out was with with somebody like Donald Trump I think a traditional journalistic interview is inappropriate and not going to work. I mean, he's just this gaslight of lies and, you know, you know what he's going to say and you know he's going to interrupt and be boorish. The only way to approach an interview like that with Trump is as an attorney doing a cross examination. And so I think really what you need is either a journalist who has those kinds of skills, and those kinds of skills are difficult to acquire, I've crossed examined thousands of people in courtrooms, and many people never get that skill. It's, it's difficult. And so, uh, there are some journalists who have it, Jonathan Swan comes to mind, um, there, there's, there's a few, but it's rare. And that's really what you have to have. She clearly does not have those skills, so she was just, from a stylistic standpoint, completely in over her head. Um, I can just give you one example that I tweeted. Let's just take how to approach uh, his statements about people dying of fentanyl. People are dying of fentanyl overdose and it's because of our lax border enforcement. Well, here's here's the way I would have approached it. I would have said, Mr. Trump, you're you're quite proud of your accomplishments as president. You say that you secured the border. We had a very secure border when you were president. Isn't that true? <laughs> oh, yes, you'll let him brag about the border. Oh, yes, and, um, and you're saying that fentanyl deaths are caused by lax border security. It, you, you, that's what you're blaming the fentanyl deaths in the United States is lax border. Yes. Well, uh, why did we have 57,000 fentanyl deaths in your final year in office? No, they there, what, what do you, what do you think? You're
1: catching him, you're catching him you in his own propaganda. Over.
2: Yeah. Right. You could do it yeah. over and over and over like that. You, you don't go, do you believe that you won the 2020 election? No, uh-huh. well, it was fraudulent, it was stolen. Well, the the soul, This whole notion of fact-checking in real time is absurd with Donald Trump. I mean, to what he, so what everything. did she come back with? Well, you lost every court case. Well, you know... <laughs> this is not this is not yeah, a cross there, was nothing, there was
1: nothing clever about it like it no. was, there was no, there was no kind of skill involved but I, I think it's important though that we don't um kind of rubbish Caitlin Collins too much because yeah. she was l- just a lamb to the slaughter right she was she was I put agree. in a very difficult position um and she's you know it's it's not it's not her fault if, if I was doing the casting I probably would have put a, a man the same age as Donald Trump in you know so that there was some kind of equality in terms of that kind of to and fro, because we know that he doesn't respect women. We know that, you know, he, I mean, maybe he asked for her, you know, maybe he said, I'll only do
2: it if there's a Republican audience and, and, you know, Caitlin Collins is the host. I watched his interview when it was announced, okay? And, And I think this is the other thing you have to have. You have to have somebody who pays attention to Donald Trump. And a lot of people don't like to do that. Where can you find Donald Trump over the last two years? Obscure podcasts people that you've never heard of. Trump goes on these things, these things every day. All the time, yeah. But but people like Caitlin Collins don't watch those. People like me do. I watch all of them. So I'm very familiar with his line of attack and his approach, and I know what he's gonna say. And I just think that a lot of journalists, the last time they've really seen or heard from Donald Trump very much was 2020. and And that's their reference point. When you have this cornucopia of things that he says every day that are just insane, that they've completely ignored, and that never come up. And, and it, that's the frustrating thing for me, is I hear all of these things that he says every single day, and yet the media seems oblivious to them. Uh, I don't know if it's a conscious decision to ignore what he's saying, but look, this is the front-runner for the Republican nomination. You damn well better start paying attention.
1: But this is a problem, isn't it? That people were very tired of his voice. And they were very tired of his rhetoric. And a lot of people just didn't want to hear it anymore. And right. I kept saying, you know, never tire of this guy, because it, this is where the, the, the danger sets in. Because he wants you to tire of him. Because then, you know, you can uh, do whatever the apathy fucking wants to uh, do. Becomes, a, becomes a factor. And the reality is, you and I are the same. I'm addicted to Donald Trump, you know, I, I think he is a disgusting... Fascist individual, and I'm not a Democrat, and I don't get to vote in this country. But I believe in, you know, I'm I'm vehemently pro-democracy, and I believe that the Republicans deserve proper representation. And he is not it because he is against America. He's not just against Democrats. He's against America, and and so I watch like you, and I absorb uh, everything that he does, which means that people like us, and there's plenty of us, are, are far better placed to understand it, as the psychiatrists are doing, and the body language
2: experts, as well as the political analysts. Yeah. Um, on the substance, I yeah. mean, he puts out these darkroom policy uh, videos, right, which he pre-records and they're scripted and they're mostly being written by Stephen Miller and, and right. with some Jason Miller mixed in and they're very draconian vile uh, you know <laughs> in the, the shadow dystopian behind him yeah, yeah they're kind of dystopian videos yeah Yeah. and what he's saying hey, is just my way. one crazy thing after another the media doesn't cover these they don't put them on TV I think the media has adopted this strategy of we won't cover him or we won't put his policy pronouncements out. But to me, the policy pronouncements are the craziest thing about Donald Trump right now. I mean, when he says he wants to, as president, require every school district to hold an election every year for their local school principals... So, you could have Joe Six Pack, construction worker, run for the elementary school principal and get elected by the parents. This is what he says he wants to do. Now, let's set aside, you could ask, well, how does the president have the authority to do that? They have no authority to do it. But, you know, the point is, is that Trump doesn't understand any of these policies that he's talking about because they're written by other people. So, he well, doesn't even really read them, does he? He probably just, he just stands the there and reads the teleprompter yeah. and doesn't it's know what. So- well, if you ask reading. him, well, how is this going to work exactly? He can't answer those questions, so why wouldn't you ask them? Yeah. It's, it's so interesting
1: that you really do have to become an expert on him to interview him. I think that's what you're saying.
2: And yes. And she is definitely not an expert. Well, um, her expertise is like 2020 expertise. It's not yeah. recent. So yeah. all they have to do is ask him about J6 and the elections and the court cases. And that's pretty much it. Well, that's pretty boring to most of the American people, to be honest with you.
1: Let, let's just go. Let's just go back a bit because I want to talk about whether or not it was a good idea for CNN to. Yeah. Even do this in the first place, you know. And there's been a lot of backlash. There's been a lot of criticism. And the new boss of CNN has come out and he's kind of gone the other way with it. He he's basically made a statement that suggested that this was was great work. You know, he he sent Chris lit. He uh, saluted what he called a masterful performance by Caitlin Collins. Um, and he, he said that you do not have to like the former president's answers, but you can't say that we didn't get them. That, that's his kind of argument here. H- how dangerous a decision was it to actually give him a platform in the
2: first place? I'll just, I don't want to beat up on Caitlin Collins either. I do want to touch on that. I think what they did to Caitlin Collins, basically like making me go argue an immigration case. You know, okay, I'm a lawyer, but I don't know anything about immigration very much. So I'm not going to look very good. So I, I agree with what you said there. As far as uh, platforming him, Probably look, I'm someone on who platforms Donald and Trump. So okay, and I here. get criticized a lot for, for doing that. But I do it in a, in, a, I think, a selective, intelligent way that presents him in a less-than-favorable light. So I think I don't have an issue with them doing this, especially considering he's a front-runner for the nomination. But I think the town Hi, hall girl, idea was okay? a, a horrible mistake. I mean, if you look at Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump, they have a very similar way of going about this. They like to intimidate the press. At the rallies, at their events, they like their fans to intimidate the press, to heckle them, to yell at them, to cheer, cheer their answers. DeSantis does it, Trump does it. And so you put her in the position where she's not only got to deal with Trump, she's got to deal with Trump fans, heckling her and giving her a hard time and laughing. And that just made it incredibly more difficult. So so you can't do like this traditional town hall like you could have done with John McCain with this guy and MAGA. You know, it just doesn't work, and they should have understood Do you understand? think the audience was a stipulation of Trump also? Because,
1: I mean, that was a decision by CNN to say, okay, because they claimed that there were some undecided voters in there, but I didn't really see that, and seven of the nine questions that were asked were all were much, you know, from like, the They were drafted from the Republican Party! towards the, the, the yeah. former president. Wh-
2: Whose idea do you think that was, and what was the thinking behind it? I think they probably ran different formats by him, and this is the one he latched on. I, I I was about to say I heard when when the, it was first announced he said he was very pleased with the choice of Caitlin Collins as the moderator, so yeah. as soon as he said that, I said, oh that's not yeah. that's not good, so I think they may have run by him uh, a, a number of different names of moderators and a number of different formats, and I think that they let him have a have a say in in, in this he she did very he did content. the interview by saying no uh, we haven 't
1: prearranged any questions. And, and I thought that was interesting when he said, yes, we haven't. And, and that, I thought that was interesting because obviously I know about the way these shows work and there's always a rider. There's always an agreement. So maybe he didn't, you know, turn down any questions, but he did say, I want this kind of audience and I want this host. So sometimes there's a bit of even tip the top
2: Donald Trump's weakness is his recklessness and his... His his lack of fear about those things, I believe that he didn't know what. Look, Donald Trump doesn't care. He takes impromptu questions. He'll stand up in a press conference and take two hours of questions as president. He's not afraid of that. So, because he thinks that he can dominate the the, the atmosphere, he can dominate the space. So, I believe that part of it. I, I believe he knew he had a friendly crowd. He knew he had the right interviewer. He didn't care what the questions were. He was comfortable that he could handle it.
1: Let's yeah, just talk about false. the questions, because you've been writing some alternative questions on, on Twitter, ah. which I, I've been completely... i uh, just been enjoying them so much, because, you know, you wrote, you, you said, look, I'm not a journalist. I, you know, this isn't my area of expertise, but it seems to me that there are some very simple questions that you can ask this guy that are going to enable you to kind of get the, the answers are, or at least expose him to uh, having no idea about what it is. Let's so just kind of pick a few of those of uh, your favorites because you
2: feel like at least it doesn't add. What would be the, how do you start with it? Well, I would start with the question I started out with about, about the COVID vaccine. Look, here, here's what you can do. This is a Republican primary, right? That's, that's what looked said to justify this. Well, there are many positions that Donald Trump has taken in the past year that his base do not like. See, I'm aware of that because I yeah. follow his base. I go to his route. Over yeah. So I know what those things are. So I would have started out by asking him a question that I know how he's going to answer it and I know the audience is not going to like it. And that's going to set the tone right there. He may have even gotten boomed. and And that would have thrown him off his game completely. So what do we know about... and and the reason why he's saying these things is because he's already looking ahead to the general election he's already thinks he's got this primary pretty much wrapped up so he's starting to moderate a little with what he says publicly so i would ask him he, he, one of his things that he's most proud of is the COVID vaccine, Operation Warp Speed, which he says he saved millions of lives himself, right? So yeah. I would get him bragging about that because the MAGA base hates when he talks about the vaccines. <laughs> they, they have booed him before when he's proud of the vaccines. So I would have started out the first question, Mr. Trump, do you believe that the COVID vaccines that were approved during your administration were safe and effective? Because I know everyone in that audience wants him to say no. And I know he's going to he say can't yes. Do it, because he took the vaccines himself,
1: famously. And yeah. he, is, he is somebody that they were were But there are always going to be policy issues that not everyone is going to agree on. So call yeah. him out for those. Yeah. Um, on abortion, he refused to be uh, held down, didn't he? You know, he he was like,
2: I'm going to make a decision and I'll do what's best for the country. He blames what happened in the midterms on abortion. Okay, he doesn't blame himself for endorsing and choosing poor candidates. So his cop out, his default, is abortion. We lost because we were too militant about abortion. So he's already, he's, he's, made, he's made several statements in podcast interviews about abortion, basically advising Republicans to stop talking about it, you know, and to, and, to, and to leave it up to the states. Well, here's the problem, his base is pro-life. His base believes abortion is murder. Donald Trump does not believe that, okay? Donald Trump doesn't want to talk about abortion. So what I would do is, again, put a wedge between him and his base. Donald Trump, do you, believe, do you believe that abortion should be left up to each state to decide? He would answer that question, yes, because he said that many times. Yeah. I would want to leave it up to the states. I wanted to get Roe overturned for that reason. you also believe that abortion is murder? Well, yes, I do, because he has to say that, too. Well, wait a minute. So it's okay for you to have some states have murder... Of an infant child be legal. That's okay with you, Mr. Trump? And I'm driving a wedge between him and the evangelicals because, look, the deal that he made with the evangelicals is over with. The deal he made is they can hold their nose and vote for this guy who they don't particularly like because he's going to put three justices on the Supreme Court to overturn Roe. Well, that's done. That deal's over with. They got what they wanted. He so said, you got to make a new bargain wrong. with them. Yeah, he he said, I did right. You know, he, he, he yeah. tried to take the like, break. That's water under the bridge. He then started to peddle this lie about
1: Democrats who like to abort babies at seven or eight or nine months or even after, after they've it. been born. And then he said that Democrats execute babies at, yeah. that, uh, uh, at full time.
0: after their- you know, uh, Where does this
2: stuff even come from? I mean, how has this been allowed to <laughs> become a thing it comes after from who he months. listens to, which is <laughs> the very far-right fringes of the Internet? And that's who he listens to these days. And that's his Achilles heel. And that's what you have to do. You have to continue to to go at him with what his followers believe. Which are some crazy extreme things. And you need to smoke them out into the mainstream. And you need to say, Donald Trump, your believers believe that COVID was intentionally unleashed on the world by the Chinese Communist Party in order to defeat you as president. This is what... of his base believes that. Do you believe that, Mr. Trump? So either he's going to say, no, I think that 20% of my base is nuts, or I'm going to agree with them and everybody else is going to think he's nuts. You can keep doing that. With abortion, he, he comes up, he hears these crazy things from his son and from Stephen Miller, and he repeats them, but he doesn't know what he's talking about. So you have to pin him down. You have to say, Mr. Trump, where is this happening? Where are babies being executed by their mothers in hospitals? What states? Which politician believes that that should be legal? Does Joe Biden think that should be legal? These are the questions that must be asked. And that's why it's so frustrating for me to have watched that nonsense. Well, it was frustrating for all of us. I actually turned it off after 20 minutes to go and have a cup of tea. (laughs) <laughs> I, came, I came
1: back to a, it. It was a clear. real mile. I just I couldn't handle it. Um, based on the fact that none of this uh, interrogation was done, does it suggest to you that it wasn't done because they didn't want to? Because, you know, CNN's ownership is now very much on, the, on, on, on to the right of centre. They're trying to get viewers. They're trying to win back viewers, that they lost to Fox. And uh, really, this was just about a circus sensationalist. I mean, there's a rumor that he, the, the, bar, the new boss, is coming
2: He said to Trump before the show, "Just go out there and have fun." Yeah. But see, you can do things like that and not. me I mean, as a trial lawyer, look, I've said that to my adversaries all the time. Five minutes before, I'm going to go, you know, tear their heads off. You know? I mean, you want them to let their guard down. You want them to be relaxed. I mean, so. No, I don't, really, I don't really buy into the fact that CNN is trying to be Fox. I'm sure they would like to have some of the Fox viewers. Um, and I think to some extent they are trying to do that. They're definitely trying to move away from where they were in 2020 and 2019, which is definitely an anti-Trump network, and try and play at more, more straight news. And I don't have an issue with that. I really think it's more of an issue of negligence. And the reason why I believe that is because it's not just CNN. I mean, I, I see this across all networks about their, their lack of understanding about what is happening in the MAGA movement. Because we also tend to over-focus on Trump and not focus on the people influencing Trump and the people behind Trump and putting ideas and words in, in his mouth and in his head. And I think you can't understand Trump without understanding the movement behind him. And this is where many journalists, they don't get that. You know. Would I, would I be right in saying that the only original idea that Trump has ever had is space for <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's a good question. I don't yeah, think he has I many, him, I he doesn't have many, many original it.
1: ideas. He yeah, I mean he, he, yeah. he relies on of yeah. Steve Bannon now, as you That's said, right. you've got the, the Stephen Millers and, and the likes. And, 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 and just to be clear cool, you know, about who people like Stephen Miller are, I mean, these are far-right, mm-hmm. very dangerous, extremist Christian national. Uh, these people are,
2: are not uh, your kind of run-of-the-mill uh, political advisors. By any, I just by posted, guy. an hour ago, Stephen Miller running a commercial for people to hire him as an attorney if you're white and you've been discriminated against because you're white. He's yeah. running ads, <laughs> that's who we're talking about, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, they're very extreme, the people around, Rick Grinnell is his, you know, foreign policy, and Cash Patel advise him on his foreign policy stuff. Domestic, he's got Jason and Stephen Miller. You know, you got Don Jr. in there, you got uh, Kim Guilfoyle with her fingers in there too. It, it's a mess, and and so, I watch all of those people, I watch their podcasts, I follow them on social media, that's how I have a better understanding of Trump, because I understand everyone around Trump. Let's talk about what happened the day before this uh,
1: TV uh, event, and that was Trump being found liable... For sexual abuse and defamation in the Eugene Carroll trial, and he had to pop up five million dollars.
0: <laughs>
1: the very next day, he's on the television being treated like a superstar, and then he goes on to defame Eugene Carroll even more and re-
2: refers to her in, in the most disgraceful language, and apparently, she's going to now see him again. I, mean, I think I think that shocked a lot of people, but yeah. I hear him say this stuff five times a day. Yeah. So, you know, I thought that that was the best part of the town hall, as far as hurting him goes, yeah. especially with women. Yeah. Um, I think that that hurt him. You know, his, his way he handled that, and I have heard that from from some uh, a broad spectrum of people. Um, so yeah, I but think
1: it wasn't I, it wasn't very good for Eugene Carroll watching or any of the 26 women that have accused him of sexual assault, no. and 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 this is the problem isn't it that he just doesn't care i mean he was asked about this access hollywood moment as well you know and and about and he still doubled down women just let you do it when you're famous they just let you do it i mean i mean this is this is is like years on from him From that tape being released, 2016, that
2: tape didn't hurt him as president, and he still used it as a campaign deal. I think that a lot of people like us, we watch something like that and we're just horrified and shocked. What what I think we don't really understand until we actually see it is there are actually people who love donald trump because of the access hollywood tape they like the rogue they like the the boorish i'm a star you know wannabe select They, they like they like the machismo this is what they love about trump so he's not gonna go move away from that because that's what his people like about him but they also like The fact that he's a fraudster they also like
1: the fact that he's a liar they also like the fact that he paints himself as a kind of anti-politician and anti-establishment and you know anti-deep state and all of these things that are far from the truth i mean he is the establishment you know he is a the people he used to hang out with the the jeffrey epstein's of this
2: world i mean those are his people not not his base he has no he has no common ground with them at all What's interesting is to watch the DeSantis people um, on social media make these arguments, which is, well, if he's really, when they're fighting between themselves, the DeSantis people and the Trump people, and I'm, of course, in the middle of stirring the pot of all of that. and, And so what I love is when they say, well, you keep telling us he's this deep state fighter. What What did he do? You know, he, he didn't do anything as president to fight the deep state. You keep telling us all these things he's going to do in his next term. Why didn't he do it in his first term? You know, and then they come up with excuse after excuse. But that, that's why DeSantis running is just going to change the whole dynamic because it's not just the two of them fighting it's the people who follow them fighting with each other that is important to break up this movement
1: this the notion of splitting the vote i mean this is something that a lot of people talk about especially with with haley throwing a hat into the ring and and, and you know i'm sure mike pence is going to show up soon and do the same thing you know this is this is at this stage, you know, before the primaries, how much do you think it kind of changes the, the, the thinking of Republican voters? You know, is there any chance that the stuff that Nikki Haley says, for example, which is quite anti-Trump in, in many ways, you know, she tries to, she's much more measured and likes to kind of set the record straight, and of course she had a senior position in, 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 in government you think it, it educates Republican voters who might give her a
2: listen that there is kind of a, a whole world outside of Trumpism? I, I, the market for that is pretty small, and I, yeah. I don't think she's necessarily the right messenger. I mean, it, DeSantis could be, but, you know, DeSantis, um I think it was Charlie Sykes or Tim Miller for the Bulwark wrote a really good column about this, about how DeSantis could go after the anti-Trump establishment Republicans, but he's not doing it. I mean, that's that's the mystery to everyone. And I think even his backers and his donors, it's a mystery to them, which is he appears to want to fight with Trump over the MAGA base. And, you know, he's not going to get a big chunk of that. He really needs to change his approach and go after the moderates and the establishment. But I think he's not comfortable doing that or he doesn't know how. Um, But he's certainly got enough advisors around him, like Karl Rove, Who can help him do that? That's the smart play because if he captures those Nikki Haley, you know, type voters, uh, and puts them with his other voters, I think he can beat Trump. I I think in an electoral college strategy, I, I definitely believe he can beat Trump if he does it the right way, but I'm not really seeing that he, that he wants to do it the right way. But the one guy I think who I'd want to see run because I really think he's the guy who gets under Trump's skin is New um, Jersey... None of these New people Jersey, uh, are qualified. New Why am I drawing a blank on his name? Is
0: qualified.
2: Chris Christie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Chris Christie really knows how to bother Trump and get under his skin. Yeah. And Chris Christie would have no chance whatsoever of winning anything, but he will annoy Trump. Yeah, he yeah. has. A,
1: he puts a good argument for it, doesn't he? He's yeah. kind of, yeah. you could take him on. Nicky there's somebody won't. else who who's going to take him on potentially between now and twenty twenty four, and that's Jack Smith. <laughs> you know, if, if if Jack Smith gets his way as the as the special prosecutor, Jack there's Smith, there's
2: DeSantis is going to run.
1: Right, there's a very good chance that Trump won't even be in the race. I mean, yeah. w- w- what do you
2: think the chances are of that happening? Yeah, I think that's why DeSantis. Everybody's saying, "Oh, DeSantis, All the Trump people are like, "DeSantis is crazy." You know, he can't beat Trump. He can't beat Trump tomorrow. But, you know, when Jack Smith indicts Trump for 40 felonies in in six, seven months, it's a whole different ballgame now. And that's what DeSantis... DeSantis is banking on now. And I think he knows that's going to happen. I think most people know, intelligent people know that's going to happen. And that's going to change the dynamic of the race. Is it going to cause the most rabid Trump MAGA supporters to back off of him? No. But that's only... 25 30 percent here you know i mean there's plenty of other people that will go you know what we want to win and, and right now that's the most persuasive argument with the republican base is trump is a loser trump loses he won one time but he's he's lost us Actually not lost only does he lose himself he, he, like he loses for the, the rest of us lose because of him and so this is the DeSantis argument of, if we try and go forward with a nominee who's under 40 federal indictments, we are going to lose, we can't do this.
1: DeSantis is, he might be his own worst enemy Brian, because he's taking his Florida brand of politics and, and wants to kind of spread that around the, the country nationally. and. You know, F- Florida is is not California. Florida is, in fact, Florida is not anywhere really. Is it? Florida is kind of its own its own place. And if you buy into that word, in fact, there's a lot of Californians, Republican Californians, moving to Florida because you know it's got a similar climate, and they can they'll still see palm trees, and but you well, know, they won't pay tax.
2: Do you think that his plan, actually, DeSantis's plan, might backfire on the national state? Anthony, I was one of those Californians who moved to Florida, I mean, uh, way back, what many years ago. But, yeah, I moved from San Diego to Florida for that reason. You know, cheaper, low taxes, more humidity. But, yeah, I mean, I've been here 30 years in Florida now, and been, for most of that, active in the Florida Republican Party. And I can tell you, over the last three years, this state has gone undergone a transformation politically, and it's because of what you said. It's that during COVID, a huge influx, at least a million people, moved into Florida from northern states, from western states, who are mostly conservative Republicans who moved here because they chafed at COVID restrictions in those northern states. (laughs) And so they wanted to come here where DeSantis was advertising, this is the free state of Florida, you can come here and do whatever you want. We have no rules, and so what that's done is completely transformed the state politically. My town where I live, Sarasota, has always been a... Fifty-two, forty-eight uh, county. Now it's sixty, forty. Oh, you know, Republican. Shit. So, it's it's it. That's why I've sort of written off Florida as a as a Democrat. Now, I don't believe we can win here. I think it, our our time and resources are better focused in Georgia and Arizona, Pennsylvania, Michigan. You know, forget Florida. It's lost. He's picked a fight with Disney, as we know, which is foolish
1: because they're going to win, uh, planning to invest, you know, eleven or fifteen billion dollars over the next ten years in Florida, and he'd be foolish to turn that down. But it's now come out that this kind of special jurisdiction, which he's kind of fighting against, to, to take that away from Disney. It's identical with, say, The Villages, for example, which is this, you know, giant retirement home in Florida where, you know, older people move to to live out their final years in, in, in a comfortable bungalow. And yet he's not picking a fight with that special jurisdiction. I mean, do you think that the do you think he'll eventually drop the mouse because it, it, he's not going to
2: win, isn't he? I think that I've said this on Twitter. He's going to drop his fight with Disney as soon as he's done with his presidential campaign. You know, that that's the only reason he picked the fight is for this purpose, for an applause line. It's it's the only reason why he went to Israel. It's the reason why he went to Japan is because he needs a line in a speech. It's the reason why he sent migrants to um, Martha's Vineyard. These are all symbolic things that have no substance, but. He gets applause when he goes to Doug Mastriano's rally in Pennsylvania when Mastriano's running for governor the day after he deported the, the migrants to Martha's Vineyard. And he says, yesterday I shipped 50 migrants up to Barack Obama's summer home, and they all stand and cheer. And that makes it worth every penny to him. So And the Disney thing is the same thing. Um, I stopped, you know, I'm fighting woke Disney. But look, the second he's not running for president anymore, he doesn't need to carry on. And, and th- these are fights, by the way, that his fellow Florida Republicans in the House and Senate here do not want to have this fight. They want. They have no interest in this fight with Disney, you know. I think that fake outrage is a theme of, of
1: Republicans, isn't it? And and yep. that's something we're going to we're going to take a break quickly for our sponsor. But I, I want to come back and talk about this idea of fake outrage and, and and Hunter Biden's laptop, which you could argue has been the last six years of fake outrage. So we'll sure. we'll, we'll, we'll do that in just a moment here on The Weekend Show. Cold turkey may be great on sandwiches, but there's a better way to break Split your, your bad habits. habits. We're not talking about some weird mind voodoo from your I wacky you neighbor are. or something. Uh, features a cutting-edge ceramic
2: blade to reduce grooming accidents, thanks. So Biden, unsolicited, for the Biden campaign and for Democrats in general and, and for the media on this. Because I've been, I obviously am on all the different social media platforms, all the right-wing fringy platforms and stuff so i saw all the hunter biden laptop stuff in 2020 and throughout 2021 all the videos all the documents i'm very familiar with what we're talking about here um and what what they're talking about which largely the reason why most americans aren't is because the media hasn't covered it and and that and what i will say is this do not defend hunter biden this is my advice and and Joe stepped into this trap in his last interview where he was asked about this and he said I I, I, what he needs to say is look this is my son I'm standing by my son you know uh, and and I'm gonna keep it it's a pending investigation I'm gonna keep it at that he needs to say very little other than I'm a dad I love my son but he went one step further and of course Republicans jumped all over it which is he said my son did nothing wrong now I can just tell you Anthony having seen everything on the laptop, most of one his son did plenty wrong. Hunter Biden is no saint, okay? So what? Hunter Biden is a, was very hooked on drugs.
0: So what? Did a
2: lot of crazy, wild None stuff. None
0: of your fucking business. A lot of illegal
2: stuff, I believe. And I think he's going to be indicted. Coke? And so you don't want Joe Biden, I don't want my... Presidents my party's nominee. I don't want this race decided by Hunter Biden's character. Okay, so
1: (laughs) who has never played a part in the administration. It's just not it's it's not like Trump's Democrats. Democrats Yeah, Trump's kids were very much in the in the White House. They were part of the they were
0: presidential advisors. Exactly. They had responsibilities. Hunter Biden has not been a Coke BFD.
2: Now that he went near the White House, and it's not it's smart to defend yeah. Hunter by.
0: What, what the defense is, is what I st- think the how about the two billion dollars uh, that Jared Kush got from the Saudis? That's the that's now that's this. Here's the here's Here's a real question.
2: ...all the time, which uh, is, what do you over. have on Joe? Because there's nothing there on Joe. I don't
0: have anything. i all. There's nothing there. It's fucking it's all nothing Hunter.
2: burger. So, okay, the president's son is a piece of garbage. Okay, if that's... So what? Who cares? He's not in... He's not running for anything. So when you have something on Joe, get back to me. You know, and they don't part of the problem that, that because Trump did turn
1: the White House into a family business, there is a kind of projection on behalf of Republicans to think, well, therefore, Hunter must be involved in Joe's. Uh, presidential work because he's the business. son in the same way that Jared Kushner is the son-in-law and, and Eric and Don Jr. were always very much, and also Ivanka, very much involved. So there's this element of projection in the same way that there's kind of Republican projection about the attorney general, Merrick Garland, being a kind of insider working for Joe Biden, doing Biden's uh, dealing, which is not the case. But it was the case with William Barr when, when Trump had his Justice Department being run like a local law office and, and a personal lawyer. So so this idea of, of positive bias and, and projection is a problem that needs
2: to be considered. I think their main argument is uh, that Joe had to have been doing something for Hunter to get all these this money, get all these deals that Hunter had no power, Hunter had no authority. He couldn't really do much for these companies. Only but the problem with that is Joe was vice president. What can the vice president do, you know, to help Barisma or help a Chinese company? Not a whole lot. And and the other problem is there's no evidence whatsoever that he ever did do anything. And and Comer was asked point blank uh, 2 days ago what did, Can you point to one single thing that you think Joe Biden did as vice president that helped out one of Hunter's clients? Nothing. They got nothing. And that's nothing, the defense.
0: Burger.
2: You know, and don't anything. defend Hunter Biden. <laughs> but the, the, the laptop, this kind of laptop, which is
1: really kind of the linchpin of the Republican policy. For, for, it's all they've got, right? There's just This laptop. It's a bit like Pizzagate, isn't it? It's become, yeah. a, it's become a kind of myth. It's one of these, one of these kind of cult-like myths that is going to be in the ether forever. But when you actually look into it, it it doesn't have any connection with politics or the presidency, the government, or the government. So they're not going to drop the Hunter Biden laptop um, rhetoric, are they? I mean, they're now going to. Here's what they
2: know. They know that it gets under Joe's skin because Joe loves his son deeply. And Joe has been through a tough time with his other, you know, he's had sons die, and and he's had a wife killed in a car accident. So, you know, they know that Joe is protective and sensitive about this subject. So, they want to get under his skin, and this is the way they they see that they can do it. And I just think Joe would be very wise to just say, "I love my son," and that's all I'm going to say. You know. It's very
1: dark, isn't it, that a political party would use such personal uh, jabs to try and score points in this way, to take advantage of, because Joe Biden is a good person, right? He spent his life, you might not agree with everything he's done, and, you know, he got into trouble with busing years ago, and but he, he was a public defender, right? He has he, always, he has committed and devoted his life to public service. You couldn't say the same for Donald Trump.
2: Right. Yeah, his his record like is an open Bob book. There's there's very few secrets with Joe Biden. You know, everything's out there. The things that Democrats have had a problem with him, you know, back in the 70s, the busing, the, the crime bill of 94, which was very tough, that got brought up a lot during his primary. Um, because I
1: Clarence not uh, 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 know Clarence uh, Thomas' nomination. Yeah. But it's all out in the open. Everybody knows about it. There's yeah. no secrets. Yeah it's 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 this idea of fake outrage is something that's kind of new to me that i'm kind of getting my head around uh, and ted cruz is the king of this isn't he he's somebody who he he says something that's controversial and outrageous and then he is filmed checking twitter while sitting in the senate to see how to many see likes reaction. he got right yes he does <laughs> to see the reaction i mean with your experience with with being on the republican side uh, some might call it the, the dark side of the force. Is it the case that, that now you see Republicans as baddies and Democrats as goodies? I mean, is it as simple as that? Because a lot of the a lot of the um, processes that Republicans use, like this fallout are uh, really not. There's, there's no goodness associated with this. This is this is bad stuff. This is dark stuff. This is really unhealthy, just for humanity. And yet, these are the types of things that they apply time and time again. And and Democrats don't really use dirty tricks in the same way, do they?
2: Yeah. And another big thing that kind of dovetails into this is the, uh, the owning the libs kind of thing, you know, which, which is, is everything now. Isn't it? This is this is something that really, quite honestly, I don't recall this existing in the Republican Party as a thing, you know, five years ago, pre-Trump, um, to where you want to. You level when liberals are upset, <laughs> when liberals yeah. cry, when liberals are depressed, or when something bothers them, that makes you happy. You know, this is this is the owning the libs. And I see this every day with them. You know, they, the, the CNN uh, town hall, I mean, they're in all their glory, not because they thought the town hall was especially great. They love the liberal reaction to the town hall. Yeah. The fact that we're right. all ups- so upset by the town hall, this is what they like most about it. Marjorie know. Taylor Greene posted a picture of her on the phone laughing
1: about the town That's hall right. because she was wanted to kind of gloat about the fact that it was a win for Trump and that the snowflakes were were struggling and suffering. Yep. The problem with owning the libs as your as your kind of modus operandi, is that when it gets as serious as not approving, a ra- a, 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 you know, raising the debt, the, the debt ceiling, because you want to own the libs, and then crashing win. the U.S. economy, yes. and crashing the stock market, and that having a knock-on effect
2: around the whole world economy, I mean, that's kind of irresponsible, isn't it? Trump has been trying to get the Republicans in Congress to not raised the debt ceiling since he left office. And I've chronicled this. I've posted it. Oh, every time this has come up for a vote, Trump is out there yelling and screaming, don't do it, don't do it. And then a deal gets reached. Usually Mitch McConnell is the one who makes the deal. And then he screams about Mitch McConnell and how terrible he is. You know, reason why Trump, because Trump would Trump wants to burn the whole house down and be king of the ashes. But Trump views is that the worst things get in this country, and he's constantly complaining how oh, everything's going to hell, right? Yeah, that the worse the economy is, the better it is for Donald Trump, yeah, right? Because it makes he him look like the a, a tank, economy. yeah, yeah, he's rooting for that. And so, like what's the best like way to A recession into the tank, uh, the Republicans in Congress. Do not raised the debt ceiling since he left office and i've chronicled this i've posted it oh every time this has come up for a vote trump is out there yelling and screaming don't do it don't do it and then a deal gets reached usually mitch mcconnell is the one who makes the deal and then he screams about mitch mcconnell and how terrible he is you know reason why trump because trump would trump wants to burn the whole house down and be king of the ashes but Trump's views is Trump that
0: wants to the burn worst us. thing he get in this
2: country, and he's constantly complaining how everything's going to hell, right? That
0: yeah. the worst. the economy is the better it is for Donald Trump, right? Because it makes him look like a good guy.
2: Yeah, he's rooting for that. And so what's the best way to accomplish a recession into the presidential election year? It's this. He doesn't care that it's bad for the country. It's good for him, The Republicans in Congress, too. Not raised the debt ceiling since he left office, and I've chronicled this. I've posted it. Every time this has come up for a vote, Trump is out there yelling. And into the presidential election year, it's this. He doesn't care that it's bad for the country. It's good for him personally. And so that's the problem. Is you now have these people like Green and even McCarthy, who have now going along with this. The senators don't seem to want to go along with it. There's only eight or nine that that do, but it seems like they have enough votes. But you have to be yeah. pretty sick. You have to pretty much hate the
1: country as much as you hate Democrats. want to take action like this that is going to have a knock-on effect for years and, and, and cause hardship for millions. It, 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 it's just, I, can't, I cannot get my head around how Unwell. I, I have to put it down to mental health because I just didn't know people could be that evil I mean yeah. and and yet in the next breath he's hugging the flag and pretending to be patriotic If you're a true patriot and if you are part of the government, you know, and I see and this is only my experience coming from Europe You know e- even if you're in opposition You're still involved in the government. The government is important. It's trying to make life better for everybody and a healthy opposition is part of democracy but to purposely crash the economy just to make the pre the the, the former guy look good i mean that is some that
2: is some dark stuff it goes back to COVID. you know look just to see his psyche he he truly believes that COVID was done to sabotage him personally yeah. so this is something that hurt the entire world it hurt the Chinese more than anybody. Yeah. I mean, the Chinese have suffered because of COVID. Yeah. So the idea that, and this he believes this, that they released this virus intentionally to hurt his reelection election chances. This is what he truly thinks. That's how sick he is. So once you understand that, it's easy to understand how he would want the economy to tank if it's going to benefit him. And this goes back to
1: our first conversation about the responsibility that networks have, like CNN, to not platform this guy. Because they know how unwell he is. They know how dangerous he is. They know that he is going to double down on things that are so dangerous, not just for the U.S., But for the whole planet, you know, because America really is considered to be one of the greatest functioning democracies, or it certainly was until 2020 when he started to rubbish it. the, the knock-on effect, you could argue that the, the war on Ukraine is as a result of Donald Trump's yes uh, language and misdemeanor. There are so many things you can identify around the world, Jair Bolsonaro in Brazil, or, all that. These people are all influenced by Donald Trump and his fascist leanings, but also his insanity. And, and therefore CNN really bit off more than they could chew. Yeah.
2: I mean, he says he could end the war in Ukraine in 24 hours. Yeah. How do you not ask him about that? How do you not pin him down on that? Yeah. My question, okay, what does that mean? Is the peace that you envision, you know, what she said is who do you want to win? All right, fine. That's kind that, of a question. I mean, is that? all right, whatever. Here's what I would have asked. Yeah. Is your peace settlement it, does that mean that Russia would have to return to their pre-war borders? Tell me that. Do they? In your idea, would you negotiate a peace where they get to remain occupying and conquering Ukraine territory? And then number two, he said one, one time when he was pinned down a little bit by a right-wing interviewer, he said, we can look at the aid and money we're giving Ukraine as leverage to end this war. That needs to be drilled down on what do you mean by that? Because what his solution is is he's going to tell Zelensky, "I'm cutting off all aid." So Zelensky cannot prosecute the war if that if the uS. cuts off aid. Yeah. So that's his solution to end the war. Why won't somebody ask him about that? And also he,
1: and as you said, in terms of territory, he he thinks of Ukraine as a shit country, right? He's, right? That's one of the countries on the list. So, as far as he's concerned, oh, annex this was Ukraine. No, no,
2: more than that. This is Wonderful. personal for him. It's not the country. It's the perfect it's, phone call. It's the perfect phone call. <laughs> they double crossed yes. him. Yeah, they will. He got impeached because of Ukraine. Right. That's what it comes back
1: to. He, he has a vendetta against Zelensky because.
2: You know, he wouldn't he, prosecute he, he wouldn't, Hunter Biden, Joe he, he Biden. Wouldn't Biden. Yeah, yeah. He wouldn't
1: and that's what it's really all about.
0: It's so, it's so interesting, isn't it?
1: To kind of get in under the skin of this guy. You really have to put yourself in his shoes and feel what he feels, because he's that's a it. very insecure man. You know, he yeah. he is not a machismo character at all. He he's plays that part. He knows how to puff his chest out. But actually, inside, a little bit of him is dying
2: every time. You know, he knows the guy how to he play really the character. The guy
1: who drinks the water with two hands, that's
2: who he really is. He knows how to play the character, but inside, he's a scared little boy.
1: And that really is where Caitlin Collins could have played him, you know, if she yep. was equipped. Then that's how you, that's how you kind of expose him um, on the on the on the national yeah. stage, or certainly on television. Let's talk about another slippery character, if we can, because uh, you know the.